Welcome to the Nerds and Friends podcast. Today we're joined by Jeffrey Kippel and Mindy, the authors of The Ridiculous Adventures of Serbanand. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. My name is Josh Lindquist and we have Will Shaw joining us today. So guys, tell us all about The Ridiculous Adventures of Serbanand. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having us on the show. Yes, uh, this is uh, cool to be here. We get to talk to both of you uh, about some fun stuff. Well, uh, not sure where to begin, but I'll begin at the beginning. I guess that's a good spot that to begin. Spot. <laughs> so the Ridiculous Adventures of Servanand uh, grew out of my, uh, this is before I met Mindy, uh, grew the very, the very beginning. So I would have been about 15, 16, something like that. I loved Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Monty Python, you know, all that. That, And I lo- watched a lot of British comedies like On the Buses and uh, uh, I can't even remember all, all the different shows. Uh, and uh, after Hitchhiker's series was done, first of all, it was like the first book series that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, and when I realized like you could laugh out loud from reading a book, I thought it was pretty cool. You had to be very strategic where you read it. <laughs> 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 Sitting in class, you know, covering up your science book doesn't work so well. Uh, and when the series ended, I just wanted the adventure to continue. So mm-hmm. I just started writing it. Uh, you know, uh, the things popped out and I started writing it. And, you know, I was laughing when I was writing it or thinking about the ideas and when I read it. And my friends liked it too. So I thought there was something cool here. And uh, it's just something I returned to throughout my life. Like, I, I never finished it. I got about halfway through, and it was always something to go back to. If I was uh, wasn't feeling like in the, the best mood, it, it was something I could go back and, and read, and you know, it normally would make me feel good, and I would continue it out a little bit. And uh, it was when the whole world decided to lock itself down. Uh, Mindy said, "You know, why don't you go back to a passion that I had and actually complete?" Uh, so the book got completed. <laughs> uh, that's and awesome. What was cool? It is awesome. It is uh, He talked about it for years and years and years. Yeah. So it is awesome. And and what's cool is we spent. Uh, Minnie and I know each other now for over t- twenty five years plus. So uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> married for twenty two, twenty two, almost twenty two. And uh, what's cool is that we spent our life our career really in the fitness and the bodybuilding and empowerment movement. So oh, we cool. help, yeah, we yeah. help start and pioneer what's known as the natural bodybuilding movement, which meant, you know, the competitions without steroids. Uh, and uh, from that, it evolved into fitness models. So we created that whole niche and category and we had produced uh, events around the world and TV shows and magazines and all these things. And we recognized along the way that we did some amazing things to help millions of people transform. But the focus was really just on the outward part of the body. And it was like uh, the absence of the mental and the emotional, the spiritual and the social. And uh, it's just because someone transforms to look like a visual representation of their own superhero. It doesn't mean that they're happy. It doesn't mean that they're helpful. It doesn't mean that they're confident or that they're fulfilled. So we recognize that. And and, and we and uh, it was actually Mindy's idea with it. Of, OK, well, let's use the, the category of comedy oh. and let embed messages of self-growth and self-love, 
and empowerment and wellness and fitness into the book and do it in such a way where if the reader is not open to hearing that message, it's just another funny joke. Yeah. And okay. just, just pass by. But if they, if they're open to that and, or we're searching for it or we're in a depressed state and they, and something just made them feel different, then they're going to have that ah, feeling from it too. So it allowed us to say, well, let's, let's really keep that message that we wanted to put out to the fitness world and just people in general, that being fit is about so much more than just strength and appearance. And being happy is something anyone could accomplish. Anyone could love better how they think and feel and act and look and dream. It's just sometimes they need a little bit of guidance or a little bit of oomph. And yeah. comedy in itself is a way to feel good. So let's combine it all together. That's fantastic. I love that. That's so cool. I mean, there was so many things throughout that story where I was like, I resonate with that. And that's really cool. I want to ask about that. So that was really awesome. But I think let's start at the end there and talk more about like, I love the message of um, kind of a multidimensional element of wellness where there's so many facets to the human condition and what we need to work on. So um that's super cool. Like, I wish our other uh, main co-host, Carrie, was on because he w- was into bodybuilding for a while. It would have been great to ask you guys questions about that. But um, tell me more about, like, um, like ways of, like, healthy living and, like, mental health that you recommend through your book. Or, like, let's dive into that a little more. That's really cool. Well, that, that's a great question. You know what? Here's the, the first opening part is that most people don't recognize that they're in control of their thoughts. But most people are operating on autopilot. See, uh, the science is out there. Most uh, people are sort of programmed between the age of zero to seven. You know, during that time, your brain's in a certain state, you're absorbing everything in, and that information is coming to you by the people who love you or the people who are around you most. Yep. doesn't mean it's true. Right. It means that's the programming that they learned over that time. Mm-hmm. And what happens after that period is most people get just really go onto autopilot. And the brain is really just, uh, the brain is predictive. It's not responsive, it's predictive. So it's already predicting the response that you're going to have based on the scenario that's already played out again and again and again. And most of the time people are having anywhere between 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day. And you can only hold on to about seven to nine of those thoughts at one period. Wow. Well, if any of those thoughts are not positive thoughts, well, what about the other 90,000 or 70,000 that you don't recognize that are on a subconscious level? And those same thoughts are happening throughout the day and probably happened yesterday and the day before, or the week before, or the month before, and the decade before. Mm-hmm. So being able to recognize that, wait a minute, I can either be on this autopilot or I can just pause learn some techniques that are going to help me pause breathing or just, you know, that's a great place to start and then be able to control and change the way that I'm responding to those different thoughts. And once you start to do that, you start to create new habits. So in, in the book, we would just share different things on a very light level, just getting the conversation started on it. So for example, uh, the only thing I can think of it is dancing. So uh, main character, Servadan, is uh, at the beginning, he's in some bar, Joe's Galactic Bar. And, uh, in fact. And uh, 
you know, the people are on the floor dancing and he's talking about, it's just so weird. And him and his friends never did that. It's just so awkward. You know, what do you do with your hands? You know, what do you, you know, all these funny things about it. But then later on in the book, he's in a situation where he does dance and just kind of let go and realizes, oh my God, this is a lot of fun and it's so freeing and I feel good about it. It's just giving people that idea of, well, next time when dancing comes up, well, maybe they'll, they'll think for a moment and then maybe choose a different decision. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, you know, when the dances would come on, you, most of the guys were at the back of the wall. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. But there were some who were on the dance floor having a lot of fun. Well, what if you changed that? What if you did have fun? What if it actually was fun? So it's just trying to get people to shift up because when you start to shift up one way of things and you feel good about it, then you may be open to shifting up something else. Yeah. And the collection of those things start to create a potential new personality. That's really cool. Yeah, it kind of follows the model that I've heard where, like, if you change your thoughts and are intentional with what you want to feel, and then you do behaviors that align with that, you know, your thoughts kind of impact your behaviors, and then your behaviors will impact your feelings. And it's kind of a big cycle from what I've heard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it also helps you attract what you want into your life because now your thoughts are aligned to a different pathway. So you actually get more of what you want. And if you change, choose your thoughts to be in line with what's in your heart, what makes you feel good and your heart to your dreams, what you actually want in your life. Well, now you're even more open and receptive to see how you can get there and achieve that. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we embed like that whole kind of theory as a theme throughout the books. And then we give those different examples, like Jeff was saying, like the dance example, which actually can help someone change their way of thinking on the spot and look at it differently and decide like, hey, I'll give this a try. It's worth it to have fun. There's a, there's a famous author and a philosopher and psychologist named Viktor Frankl. Yes. And he wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. I've read it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. So the, the takeaway from that book that, that gravitated to me was he says that uh, in this space between the thought and the response is where your freedom lies. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to think about, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, the, the way that you are going to perceive everything around you is going to be based on the way that you respond to it. And the way that you respond to it, in most cases, is just autopilot. But if you stop and you look at it in the moment as a fresh new experience, maybe you'll have a different response. Yeah. I'm just so, sitting and like thinking on that. That's beautiful, you know? <laughs> so we, we try to do that. You know, not try. We, we, I think we've done it very well. But, you know, here's a, here's a little joke. It's really funny. And there's also something else behind it. Uh, that's awesome. And I, if you go back to, uh, you know, Monty Python, even, they were geniuses in that. I mean, they constantly were uh, making statements about the government or different things. Yes. Comedy, right? Yeah, well, and I feel like with comedy, that's they're usually comment may do having a commentary on politics or social issues and stuff like that, or pointing out the absurd. So I love that you guys are pointing out here's the opportunity for growth, here's the opportunity for an alternate perspective. Like that's a really cool use of comedy that I haven't really heard of before. So I, th- I think that's really neat. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We're, we're we're even taking it one step further with it. We're working together with this. Um, wellness and empowerment platform online and we're making like uh i would describe it as like a companion book for the book it's like a choose your own adventure Uh, 
different action steps that people can take that result from the things that were in the book. So people can, mm -hmm. you know, read a chapter and then do something that could make them feel good and then be back in the story and play around. So that's something that is in development right now. That's really cool. I like that a lot. That's a really interesting idea. I don't think I've, uh, like, that, that sort of thing I've ever heard of of anything like that. It's kind of a, uh, like a, a workbook to, or like a guided uh, meditation kind of for a book. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, way, the way you add a whole like practical element to the story you're telling, that's a really like innovative idea. I like that a lot. Thank you. Awesome. It's, so we're giving people the opportunity to make change in their own life. So on the example of thoughts, if they catch themselves thinking and they actually change their thoughts from a negative to a feel-good thought, then they get to share their story. And that story earns them recognition, rewards, and really cool experiences. So we're really encouraging people to have these transformations that go beyond just how you look. It's about how you think, how you feel, what you attract, how you dream, and what you manifest. You know, I... We look at things in, in, from this perspective that most people are operating their human doing without understanding how they are a human being. Ah. Uh, and it's as if there's like this guidebook that most people forget to open. Or those who've studied it, some have studied it and maybe got 40% of the information or 50%. Uh, but what if you could have access to the majority of the information? Of the things that are going to help you feel good and if you feel good, then everything around you and all your experiences are completely different. Yeah. No, because, yeah, that kind of goes back to what you said with Victor Frankl's message of, you know, kind of our circumstances are going to be what they are. We really have very little control over a lot of it. And it's good to focus on the parts we do have control of. Like, I'm sure that comes in with fitness. You know, it's like what you eat, what activities you do and stuff like that. But really when life happens, like you're going to have automatic thoughts. And so then it's like you said, the response, and then that response is going to fuel the follow on thoughts, which will fuel the follow on emotions. And that's where you have control. So that's yeah. fascinating. We, you know? could go one, we could go one layer deeper. Ooh, let's do it. <laughs> so let's do it. Uh, we're all vibrational beings. We really are. We're, we're vibration. We're energy. So that also means that everything that we put in, Everything that we eat, everything that we drink, everything that we think is a vibration. When that food or drink leaves the body, all that's left is the vibration. So when you're looking at different foods, are you looking at foods that you're just going to go eat or foods that are going to nourish? Foods that have a high vibration or foods that have very little vibration? And then you take that one step further and you say, well, it's the same thing with my thoughts, except different than food. The thoughts, they're going to stay. Those are the vibrations that are staying in. So can you change them? Can you not allow certain vibrations in? Can you protect your vibration by choosing the people that you're associating with, choosing the things that you decide to read, to listen to, to watch? Then you have a very different experience on what the world is around you. That that's an interesting layer deeper. I like that. <laughs> that's something I got to think about. And be like, wow. Like next time I'm choosing what to eat, like I got to think about is it there to nourish. I like that's a good question. You know, yeah. it that's changes. Awesome. So, uh, one of my favorite quotes is when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So if you look at it that way and you switch food to nourish, 
it's a completely way different way of looking at what you're going to do next. Yeah. What you're going to do. And then it dictates your choices, which dictates how you feel, which dictates how you think, which dictates your personality and your confidence and everything. So it's um, a really cool concept to <laughs> nourish yourself instead of just feed yourself because you're hungry. It's what do your cells actually need? What's actually good for you? Yeah. Your, your mind. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, I wanted to kind of pivot one thing. Um, you know, I'm going to make sure in the link to this podcast that our viewers can find all your social media and links to the book, uh, The Ridiculous Adventures of Servanand. I love that trailer you sent me in the email. That was fun. That referenced <laughs> just a lot of things I love. So I was like, I like this. That's great. <laughs> Uh, and awesome. we'll, put a, we'll put a link to that in the podcast as well. But I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about the publishing process because I really loved in your story when you talked about how you'd been thinking of this for so long. And then when the pandemic happened, oh, sorry, cat, <laughs> cat alert. <laughs> um, oh, move your tail, Russ, sorry. Um, uh, that you actually sat down and were like, I'm going to finish this. And you did. Because that's, that's what I did with my first book, too. When the pandemic started, I was like, I've wanted to write for so long. And I've started stuff but never finished. So I sat down and finished it. So once you did that, like, what was the next step? Like, how was the publishing process for you? I know a lot of our listeners are aspiring authors. So if you guys could just talk about the process of getting it out there once you had it written, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, for sure. Well, number one, completing the job is amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, kudos to everybody who does that, who fulfills and finishes it. Uh, and that's just where the journey starts. <laughs> yeah. Right. You finish the book and it's like, ah, but there's in most cases, there's not like a publisher lined up, you know, right. give me the book and yeah. we're ready to go and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was from there where there was a big part of me that had to let go. And what I mean, let go was. The first cover of the book, like this is the cover that we currently have now, mm-hmm. but the first cover of the book was a picture that I took. I thought it was really cool. It was, uh, it was, um, really, cool. It was really cool. It was uh, of uh, this uh, native uh, sculpture called an Anukshuk. And an Anukshuk represents like uh, peace to all travelers and all this kind of stuff. And it was really a great picture. Mm-hmm. Great picture for like a travel book or something. <laughs> Not no. uh, So I did that. Uh, and then, uh, and then I also wanted to do it as an audiobook. And at the beginning, it was well, I'm going to learn how to do all that. I'm going to put it all together. And who needs a formatter to get it up on Amazon? I'm going to learn all the formats. <laughs> yeah. And it was what I let go. Uh, and I let go. And uh, the book cover design came out kind of what I envisioned in my head when I was 15, 16. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Uh, and the narrator, a fantastic guy. Uh, we had about 100 people audition. I mean, we put out an audition call and said, we're looking for a male British uh, voice that's going to be fun. That's a combination of Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy, <laughs> Monty Python, Faulty Towers, with a little bit of Family Guy thrown in. Nice. So we got it. Mm. The, the auditions were awesome to listen to. But the person who got it was the voice I had in my head. when that's I so wrote cool. It. So the biggest you know, one of the biggest tips i would say to aspiring authors or in any type of creative endeavor is to do the things that you're really good at and know when to let go and find the other people uh it's the same in business i remember reading a book where there was advices you know from billionaires who succeeded very well in business and the biggest advice was if you could hire someone to do the thing that you're that's not your strength then hire them 
because the return will be so much greater, right? And sometimes people think, well, that's going to cost way too much money. Well, not if you look around, not if you find the right things, you attract the right things to you, but it will come back because if the book cover is something that's going to appeal, if the Mm -hmm. narration is good, if the formatting is good, you're going to attract more people in. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that first part of letting go and then just realizing that it is a business like any other business, if you're going to put it. It's just a hobby and it's just something to do for your friends and family, uh, who in most cases aren't the ones who are going to read your book <laughs> anyway. It's going to be all the people that you don't know. Um, but it's being able to treat it that way and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this as a professional. So as a professional, I need to have someone design the cover. I need to be able to get it up onto Amazon in the right way. I need to do X, Y, Z, and then turn this into a, a campaign or whatever you're going to do with it yeah. with just a professional approach to it. Then you could feel like you've done the right thing and you've recruited the people who can help you on that journey. Yeah. That's really good advice. That's solid. Awesome. Thank you. Well, one question that we always ask on the podcast, Will, do you want to do the honors with it? Wow. Uh, if you went on a road trip with the main character of your novel, uh, how would that go? How do you, how would you guys get along? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that's interesting because all the characters are a bit of me in some other <laughs> weird way. Uh, and, uh, one of the characters is Mindy. In oh, fact, cool. name in the book is free. Uh, and I wrote her into the book before we had met and described her before like we had met and that was the scene and then she turned into a reality <laughs> so i'd probably go on a road trip with with her <laughs> yeah and if she chose any of the characters there's me and all of them so it would just be whichever one we decided to have focus on <laughs> that's awesome that's really cool I, I love the energy you guys have it's just like brightens the room and you're not even in the room with us it's great you know <laughs> yeah. one thing i do want to ask actually is especially with a, a book that you started writing that long ago like how much did actually made it through from your initial idea after reading hitchhiker's guide to the actual published book well the first scene or the first chapter other than some conceptual things and some mm-hmm. uh, uh, messages built into it is pretty much the same the the opening scene is pretty much the same and majority of the book changed in that there were just different layers to the jokes okay uh, there were different ways that uh mindy first came involved as the development editor we didn't even know what that really means but that's what, <laughs> <it did. laughs> that's what i did She did did such a fantastic job with it. And when we started to say, let's really embed some more empowerment with it, Mm -hmm. uh, Minnie's now the co author, and the book one is actually being relaunched in about two weeks with all the upgrades to the messaging. So the book stayed very, very close to how it was written with just new layers to it. And some of it was. added you know throughout the years and probably a few chapters were completely done from scratch you know at at the end since we finished it yeah Uh, but i think we kept the same 
storyline. You know, it's sort of, I say this in the book too, the uh, book years are kind of like dog years, just <laughs> much, much bigger. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I think we kept a lot of that. And uh, book two is almost finished. Uh, oh, nice. Probably within a month or so it will be done. And it, it stayed with the same, the same feel and flow as the first book. That's fantastic. That's so cool. That was a great question, Will. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really cool like window. Like most people don't start a project that young and then actually see it through to completion, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, we we, we issue all these different challenges for people and, and they're issued to the book also, this companion book. But one of them is, you know, for someone to go back and do what we did, you know, go back and live through a passion project and, and finish it. Whether it's playing a musical instrument or drawing or dancing or whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. just go and finish it because uh, there's such amazing satisfaction in knowing that you finished it. And you know, even a project that uh, you started earlier in life and you finished later, uh, there's this energy that's been carried. Like yeah. you know, what Mindy said, like I've known her for 25 years, and probably on the first date, I told her about. Uh, so cool. it's been always something that's, you know, played and then it's just so easy to let life get in the way. Yeah. But if you can separate the time and recognize that being creative puts you in the moment, you know, when I was talking before, most people are not in the moment when, when you're in that creative flow process, uh, you're in the moment. You're just, you, you, you can't be in the analytical brain and the creative brain at the same time of doing that. And when you're in that creative brain, you're in, you're in the moment there and you could let those things come through. And even if it's just for you, even if you complete the project and it's not something that you put out to the world, it's just for you. That's still cool. Like you completed that energy cycle is, is finished, right? That's fantastic. Mom wrote her first book when she was 69. I mean, so you could start these things at any any point. It's about wanting to let that that passion and that energy out. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the difference with uh, with being any type of artist is that uh, you never really get to that peak of of artistry. Like you're always learning, you're always growing, and so there's always something more and better that you can do, and like. I think that's awesome that you were able to just kind of give it that type of time to just percolate in your your brain and have a project then come to fruition this much later. And yeah. now book one, and you said book two is about to come out. Like, how far do you see this series going? Are you going to try to keep it concise here and just have a couple volumes? Or are you just planning on going as long as it'll as long as it'll take you? You know, I uh, I initially start writing it, then Mindy comes in after me and does her thing. And uh, I I rarely plan. Like, so when I'm writing it, it's like, it's fun for me because I'm laughing at the jokes because <laughs> they're coming in and going. And I don't plan. And we also looked at what the series represents and the different messages. And uh, we've decided right now there's going to be nine books in the series. And nice. we have the key components of what those books are. Okay. How it's going to work, how the characters are going to play with. So that's our that's our plan. Uh, and you know, to me, it feels like it's a it's an ongoing thing because growing is an ongoing thing, and transforming mm-hmm. it 
And uh, I think that there's opportunity to help a lot of people. And there's a lot of people, you know, today that, uh, you know, are not happy most of their day. And they're not in that state. Anywhere from kids to adults to grandparents. And uh, if this can provide an opportunity for people to, to laugh, you know, laughing itself is such an amazing tool to feel better. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, even in the fitness end, I, I didn't know this until we looked into it deeper, but, you know, there are exercise routines just for laughing. Really? Because when you're, laughing, you're actually exercising all your internal organs, you're letting go. Uh, and yet there are exercise classes just for laughing. Uh, really? hmm. even, even smiling, you use less muscles to smile than you do to frown. So if there's little ways that people could just start to feel better and maybe, you know, walk around the majority of the day with a slight smile on their face and just not take everything seriously and try to look at a different angle with it. So when we wrote the book, uh, and it wasn't intentional, but I guess it was uh, unconsciously, you have uh, an alien uh, named Servanan from this planet called Placelder, who's always, he's the adventure guy. And he's got this crazy computer. Uh, and you've got uh, a teenager on Earth, who uh, his name is Jim, and he just is not happy here, and he just wants to explore and get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they switch bodies. And I get into the whole thing of how that happens, and the author has to get involved, and you know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing is now you have an alien seeing Earth and things that are happening here with fresh eyes. Oh. And you have the Earth person seeing the stuff on the alien world with fresh eyes. So everything's brand new. Everything's a new experience from the grass you're walking on to the trees around you. So it gives people that opportunity to maybe experience things differently, to look at it with those childlike wonder in a different way. So there's lots of experiences that we want to be able to share that we've picked up through our 20 plus years, you know, doing, you know, fitness and wellness and, we're using the book as, as the way to get that out. That's so cool. I love that. I can't wait to read it. It sounds fantastic. And, and so for the, those listening, where can they find book one of the ridiculous adventures of Serbanand? So one, uh, going to my, our website is great, uh, okay. which is serbanand.com, okay. S-E-R-A-N-D.com. You can join the email newsletter and you can stay updated. Uh, right now the books are on Amazon. And on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. Nice. And the audiobook is just phenomenal. That's on Audible. Uh, and uh, we're actually looking at redoing the audiobook yeah. uh, with, the, with the new version that just came out of the book and adding much more music and sound effects and, and making it uh, into more of a production. Oh, that's uh, cool. Everything you can, you can find on Amazon. We are in talks with uh, one publisher right now, so we don't know what happens if that goes that route and that could be really cool and exciting yeah, uh, yeah. but right now it's 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 on amazon uh and uh the new one should be going up by the second week of october will be the brand new it's at the editors right now being edited nice uh, and then uh yeah and it just gets formatted and it goes up <laughs> wow that's so exciting that's awesome yeah, yeah. thank you thank you yeah well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys. I don't, I don't have any more questions. I just want to sit and think now about how I can control my thoughts throughout the day and just awesome. like live happier. Like that's wonderful, you know. That's you know, uh, one way you could do that. So we'll share this. Is oh, thank you. To get to the moment, 
you want to just uh, focus on your breathing. Okay. Everything is breath. So if you could just focus long enough and uh, breathe in to the count of six through your nose. Okay. When you breathe in, what you want to do is most people breathe very, very shallow. You want to breathe deep. So put one hand on your stomach. And when you breathe in, imagine your, your stomach expanding like a Buddha or a oh, okay. rest. Or a balloon. Or a balloon. <laughs> a balloon works too. Breathe into the six. Uh, pause for like a second. And then breathe out also through your nose. Always in and out through your nose. And when you breathe out, imagine that balloon being compressed right back into your spine. And you'll feel your head move in and out. And if you want to take it one further, put your other hand on your heart and just think about being in that moment, being in, you know, whatever's going to flow to you at that moment. Getting into, the, into, the, into that breathing, do it for 10 breaths, three breaths. When you do that, what happens is you re-oxygenate. <laughs> so most people are in a state of stress throughout uh-huh. the day. And our bodies were only designed to be in that state for about two minutes. It's to get away from that tiger or whatever is chasing you. And most people are living with that paper tiger and always in a state of stress. When you're in a state of stress, uh, the resources go away from your your thoughts, parts of your body that aren't needed. They go to all the things to run away from that tiger. When you take your breath and properly breathe, you're putting the oxygen back in. So if you're ever in a, in a state where you're feeling stressed out, where you're feeling angry, where you're feeling just not in, just pause and take those breaths. Maybe after three, you're good. Maybe it will take 10. Maybe it'll take a few more. But you'll feel the difference, and it just connects you to be in that moment. So if you are writing, what better place to be able to do that from getting into that moment and being easier to get into that flow state? Yeah, right? that's fantastic. So, so see how that works for you. I will. Uh, I look forward to trying that. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, guys. Thank you, Will, for co-hosting with me. Of yeah, course. Thank you. thank you so much for having us. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And yeah. Anytime you wanted to. Oh, we'll have you back on for sure. So for all of our listeners, check out the the description of the podcast or the video. It'll have all the links to Jeffrey and Mindy's awesome work and social media so you can follow them. And thanks for watching Nerds and Friends.